Welcome to Faith and Babel, a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. And I'm Matt Henry. And where are we doing and what are we doing? We, <laughs> we, we are still at the train station in St. Louis, but I have the mic alone. Yes, we were sharing awkwardly, we, meaning you and yeah. Grace, were sharing the mic as we did a hot topic. Now, it's Which just you and me. Yeah. And it just still might not sound the same because we're doing this in a hotel room, but um, down here for a NAM conference, mm -hmm. uh, which is North American Mission Board. If you guys didn't know, Matt is a church planter. Uh, my church helped plant his church. Grayson's going to be the next guy we plant with and uh, part of the Southern Baptists, and they just once a year try to encourage all the planters give them a break because it's hard work isn't it it's sure. exhausting yeah. and now you're yeah. in a you're not even planting stage you're now just full-blood full-fledged pastoring we're just a church yeah, yeah yeah i mean and and but all of the busyness that that comes yep. and um and so it's nice to be able to take that break i'm heading out on a sabbatical so we're just trying to squeeze in a couple more episodes here um so lena has something to work with <laughs> yeah and uh and so we're going to finish up today, um, money and the Christian, right? That's and right. so this will be the fifth thing because we That's had right. a little that little weird break about what is the tithe. But so with that, we're well in this series on money. So we don't really need a lot of introduction. We are actually, though, a bit curious, at least I am, on how this is either helping or annoying you. Uh, so don't be as shy uh, about dropping a note. We actually have figured out how to respond to your questions uh, so that we should be pretty prompt at responding back to you. Um, but what we've been doing is working through various principles that we think would are helpful to guide a Christian as they consider their money and their possessions. These are simply designed to help create a solid framework that helps protect the person from wandering too far astray because money, well, money just does weird things to us. As we have said in various ways, destruction doesn't usually happen in the moment. Rather, it's done by many small, innocent-seeming steps, but then there's that fateful moment. So with that, let's just jump right in and and get started uh first first principle uh for this episode is there is this principle of doing ministry now wh what's meant by that well i'm i pull it out of second corinthians 9 8 where paul writes and god is able to make all grace abound to you so that notice that so that always having all sufficiency in everything that's just fascinating always all and everything. Um, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Every good deed. Sorry, I'm not pronouncing. We're getting tired. Uh, verses one through five in that context talks about a need with the Macedonian churches, and Paul is now wanting the Corinthians to give uh, give to this need. There's a, a there's a greater need, and Paul is telling, them, "Look, you need to be giving to this. It's it's something that's necessary." He's talked to them prior. They have made commitments to give, so they have to understand it. Now, in verse 8, 
uh, we then see that God will make sure to give you enough. That's what's very fascinating. That's what he's telling the Corinthians, that God will make sure to give you enough so that you can participate in good deeds, literally a good task, a good undertaking. So here we see that God wants you to be part of good works, good ministries. That's why it's a principle of doing ministry. Um, He wants you to be taking part in these things that are good works. And so he will actually provide for you so that you can. And what I like about it is it kind of pulls back the curtain so that you can see why you want to be faithful with your money uh, rather than being compulsively spending it. Uh, But instead, you're thinking about your money with a ministry orientation. Does that make sense to you? What I mean by that? It's like, well, I just got to raise so I'm going to now get a bigger house. I'm going to get a fancier car. I'm going to. Th- it's like, wow! I got a raise. How can I use that extra money for good deeds? That's the point. Mm-hmm. I, how can I minister with that? Um, and that changes the way you look at. It. So remember the Macedonians in Second Corinthians eight. They gave, he says, with enthusiasm out of their poverty. Actually, uh, the generous person is a person who wants to pour that generosity into good works. Uh, don't waste it, in other words, on limited, foolish works that, that have no purpose. Instead, you want to develop a mindset. We, we talk about a lot at our church of having an eternal perspective with your, your, your gifts, your finances, and your possessions. Now, this is a huge point. So we would say don't pass by it quickly. How often are you thinking about why you don't or you do spend money. Uh, why, why did God give you the money you actually possess? Um, seriously, we would say, think about that. Do you believe that the reason God has given you the job that you have and the finances is so that you can do it for the purpose of good deeds, like Paul says? So we would say, learn to think through the way you spend your money and give. Does it reflect the idea of seeking the performing of good deeds? And so therefore, the principle simply says this, that you examine the ministry and then give. If it's a good ministry, you want to help support those things. And we would remember our earlier principle, you want to be giving to that local church and the things they're trying to do, Uh, not because of the need. That's not why you give. You give because it's a good ministry, a good work, and you want to participate in it. Now, it doesn't mean that you only give for formal ministry, but rather it's a ministry as in serving. So you would give those things uh, to those things that maybe your church has a formal ministry, or maybe it's simply you do you provide things or funding for what is good and praiseworthy. What I mean by that is this. You may find a family in need. And so you simply provide them groceries for a month or some other situation. I remember a guy in our who found out that a man who's struggling financially and they were discouraged because their uh, washer broke and they it just broke. And, and the wife leaned over to the man and whispered something and he just spoke to me privately. He said, look, we don't know the guy, but we'd like to pay for him to get a new one. And he cut a check right there. And it's like, Wow. That's a person ready to do a good deed, and he didn't. He he just gave the money to me privately, and I gave it over to the person. That's the idea. Maybe you see a missionary seeking to go and translate the Bible into a language that has no Bible. Well, you want to be thinking, "Hey, I'm going to support it." Why? Because God has given me this money, and I have this principle of doing ministry with the money rather than acquiring greater wealth. That's that's the point. What's yeah. the next one? 
Uh, second one then is the principle of uh, reciprocity or reciprocation. I like reciprocity though. That sounds cooler. <laughs> um, and then, so second Corinthians nine, six uh, says, now this, I say, he who, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So God rewards those who give, uh, those who sacrifice and those who are generous for his kingdom. Now that may be in more money or it may be in some other blessing that you have, but the point is that God will reward it. So not one person who gave out of the heart to be generous or to do good before the Lord will somehow suffer loss for it. If And if your head can wrap itself around that, then you'll find your view of money and your possessions will change very radically. Well, and that then goes back to what I was just talking about, doing, you, you, you view your money for the purpose of doing ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then, because the first thing that will jump in your head is, yeah, man, I don't know if I can afford that, or that's going to put a dent in my X fund, whatever, right? But but if your heart is, I want to be generous, I want to propel ministry along, then we can have the confidence that God says, look, I will deal bountifully with you. How, how that will look, I can't promise them what that will look like, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's there. At least provision, yeah. Matthew 6. Uh, so Malachi 3, 8. Uh, is a common passage that's used here as well. It spoke of, or it's, yeah, it's, it is. It speaks of God cursing the land of the Israelites because they're not actually giving their tithes and their offerings. And so we want to not take too much of this upon ourselves because it's uh, referencing the tithe of the nations of Israel, who again were given specific blessings and curses related to their obedience. We talked about that. Um, but there is an application there when God says, test me. And I will open heaven to you and pour abundance upon you. The principle of God expecting you to obey out of faith and not wait first for the blessing is not how things normally work. Uh, You'll find that God has this weird way of simply extending money and things as you move out in obedience. And so it's not blind faith. it's, It's rather obedient faith because God gives us his promises. Yeah. Do we talk about first fruits? Well, I can't remember. Um, well, we mentioned—I know we mentioned it in passing—that that the whole idea of first fruits is an issue of faith. But go ahead and build on yeah, that a little well, bit. Yeah, well, just he expected them to give the first of their uh, their crop, basically. Yeah. Um, and and he promised, if you if you give me the first of it, then you have my promise that I'll supply abundantly your crop. But if you which takes faith because yeah, a lot of faith. It's like yeah, wow, I got, I got this first crop that could sustain us, and I, I give it away, but then all of a sudden famine hits or whatever, I don't have anything. Um, but God, it was giving them the guaranteed promise: give it first, and then you'll be certain that you'll have provision. And and yes, and and it's not blind obedience, right? Right. It's it's not blind faith meaning. Based like, upon we're a promise. Just, yeah. Right? It's, do you believe that, really what's asking is, do you believe God will bless you? Well, and that's what Paul's saying. Look, you if you don't want to sow, <laughs> okay, but don't whine. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, you, anyone who farms understands they're doing it by faith, right? Mm-hmm. I put the thing and the Lord will cause the growth as he desires, but I have that faith in it. But you can't get anything if you never stick the dumb seed in the ground kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, And then in uh, Philippians 
four, four, ten, four, and, and 19. nineteen. Yeah, in verse ten, Paul says, "But I rejoice in the Lord greatly uh, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity." So they had given to a need, uh, one of Paul's needs. Uh, at one point, they did not have the opportunity to do that, but once it opened up for them, they just jumped on it. Uh, and what, what's implied there is they were looking for it, yeah, uh, and they desired to do it. Um, and so in verse 19, then he says, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Um, so some of you might be saying, when you hear something like that, but I can't give, um, you know, I, I hardly have any money, uh, whatever the case might be, but the Bible says, just give anyhow. Um, so be faithful with, with, with the money that you have. Um, it, it, that's not that hard of a concept though, is it? Yeah. It's like, it, I don't have much money. Hard. Dude, right. cut a check for two bucks. Mm -hmm. If that's all you got, but look for those opportunities, I, you yeah. know, and trust that God will honor your obedience. Yeah. And, and give generously uh, in that process. So, so give to a good work of God's, which again, we argue primarily is your local church uh, and God will provide more. Uh, and then here's the key so that you can give more. Yes. Right. It's not give me what you got. And then now I'm going to give you some blessing that you can just kind of spend on yourself. And again, that gets into your theology of why God enriches you in the first place. Uh, he gives you more so that you can give more away. Um, and so what he'll do is he'll then extend your ability to work, to labor, to use your time, so on and so forth, so that you can do more. And I think that'd be a good prayer too, of that God would bless you, so, but your motive needs to be right so that you might be able to give more away. I've actually had people come into my office and and they're like, they're burdened with debt. Okay. And and what's neat is they're they're broken over it. They're like, you know what? It's it's change. I understand I'm wrong. I shouldn't have done it, but I got the debt, right? And mm -hmm. so the temptation is one, I, I maybe I shouldn't give to the church until I get out of debt. It's like, no, give. Mm -hmm. You still need to, other things need to suffer <laughs> in your life, not the church, because you chose folly. But what's interesting is I'll, I'll encourage them over and over again, pray, confess this to the Lord, Oh, and I said, but then ask him, would you enable me to stretch my money and find ways to save money and make money so that I can honor you by getting out of debt and becoming generous? And I have never found an exception to those who genuinely seek that, how all of a sudden they go to the office and the guy extends them overtime. Hey, if you need some overtime, just let me know. And it's like, Wow, I literally right, right. prayed that yeah. and, and God's already doing it. Or just things that they knew were going to need a repair just didn't break. But God, we, we forget that God is sovereign in all of this and mm -hmm. he wants you to learn to trust him and he will work in even in the midst of your stupidity. So, but go ahead. Yeah. So in, in light of all that, if, if you're waiting first for enough money, Whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just never going to happen. Um, God, give and God will provide, but again, that requires faith. And this is not that evil kind of seed faith teaching of the prosperity gospel teachers. Um, it's simply the, the idea that you're seeking opportunities to be a generous person. Um, 
And that really is the distinction, yeah. right? They say, do it so that God will give you more for you. This yep. is no, do it so that God will give you more to just yep. again, give away. Um, so we would say that that many who give, but only give out of what is safe, never have the simple blessing to see that God then does supply their needs and often beyond their needs. And they recoil when asked to give. They say that they need to wait until yet another event or another purchase or the bank balance gets to a certain level, so on and so forth. And then out of the surplus is when they'll now consider giving. Um, and the reality is most people will die with, mo with money, right? Yep. Um, but they, they'll never die poor. Well, actually, they will die poor. Well, eternally. Yeah, eternally. Yes. So, yeah, so they die with an incredible investment account. And and they're poor in heaven. Mm -hmm. It's it, it really is a sad thing because they're always waiting, waiting, careful, guarding. Um, I think it was Wesley, John Wesley, when he died, his estate amounted to like one or two pounds. <laughs> I mean, he, they had a couple of coins in a drawer. That was it. He he gave his money away, and it's like that's that's a praiseworthy thing. Well, one more pr principle, and then we're done. Uh, there's a principle of joyful giving. And so in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, he says, each one must do just as he purposed. Now, he actually says this, it, you must do it as you purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, this is actually a humorous passage. Uh, we should not need to pry have pry bars to open up your fingers to give. Um, a pa the worst thing a pastor can do is beg. Um, and I refuse. It's like, if you don't want to give, you don't want to give. Um, it is the reality. Gener a, a giving should be a wonderful time. Giving is where God is shown honor and worship as you give uh, because he's prospered you and you're reflecting that. Going back even to the first fruits thing, it's like, what what do I have that God hasn't provided and why would God lead me uh, in the lurch when I'm just simply called to obey? But what's funny in the passage here is that Paul is actually compelling them to give. Um, even though he's saying, I want you to be cheerful, he's actually compelling them because in the prior verses, he's guilting them, if you read them, by reminding them that they promised to give a generous amount and that they need to honor it. Yeah. And they don't want to be ashamed of themselves, he says. I don't want you to bring shame on me or you when we come to collect the money and you renege. Um, the whole passage prior to this is him compelling them to remember their promise. But here's the point, guys. That's not what he wants. What he expects them to do is to keep the word, but his desire— is that they would do it with joy. And so my question is to you as well is, is that you? I mean, do, when, when you give, is there a joy in it? Is there a settled happiness that it, it actually had, it, it was something I had to have, my, my heart had to change. And it was only when a friend who was really faithful with finances, he asked me one day, he's like, how much do you give? And I gave all of the excuses we've just listed in all these um, episodes. And he's like, it's sin, Matt. And, and so he's like, look, give me a number and commit to it. I gave him a number. And he's like, I'm going to come into your office every single week on Monday. And I want you to show me the, the check stub. And I was 
I wasn't embarrassed. That was what was weird. The Lord just kind of smacked me then. And I, I actually looked, I got to a point, I looked forward to him coming in. And he'd just say, hey, can you show me a check? I'd, I'd have it ready, give it, show it to him. And we just started to laugh. It actually became a, a neat thing. And what was weird, again, uh, in all the things we're talking about, is we never suffered, Kim and I never suffered any loss from that. Even though we are now giving, not one thing in our life changed. Somehow everything just worked. And what became fun was I, I began to enjoy it and delight in it. And it, it, it turned from just simple obedience, which I needed to. I had to give. But it ter- started to become a thing of joy. And, and I think that is what a lot of people don't get and understand is because they're only going to give out of their surplus. They're only going to give what they think is safe mm-hmm. um, rather than that the spirit of generosity, the re- recognition that God will reciprocate. He doesn't leave you. Um, and that he wants you to do it with joy. So here's our point. If you're to be faithful, or or the scripture would say that you're to be faithful, you're to be generous, you're to be ministry-oriented, and you're to be joyful. Uh, and God promises to bless you deeply and fully. Now, we don't know most of you, and we never ask you to support the podcast. A few have given some money and appreciation, but that's something we don't ask or seek. What we do want, though, is to provoke you to think and to think biblically in all parts of your life, to get a biblical perspective on life, right? Or that's what we're trying to give you. And so that's why we talk about so many different subjects, and we hope that in doing so, we can provoke you to open your Bible and simply examine what we say in light of what the text that we show you, and then obey what's said by God. Um, We pray that all of you become generous people in your little circle, uh, that that if you're not a pastor, that you would become a joy to your pastor because you're faithful. And, and, and because of your faithfulness and your generosity, that those ministries that you're around are strengthened and they're built up because you've got a vision of kingdom generosity. And so we would, again, ask you, like we always do, let us know what you think about it. What are some challenges? How might we help you? Uh, but until then, we ask you to continue to like, share these podcasts, rate, review us on iTunes, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell a friend. <music>